But I believe that in the heart of seeking the face of God, it's about seeking his presence. And it's about seeking his the way that, if you like, he looks at me, the way that he picks me up, the way that he handles me. And I certainly have sensed times when, although I've not seen his face in a literal sense, in a trance or in a vision, that I've just felt like he's put me on his knee and I, I am there looking into his face, but I've got a sense of his pleasure, of his joy, of the, just the way that he receives me in love. And when, when I'm in that place, then I pray differently. If I'm leaning into Father God, then I'm aware of the fact that he not just loves me, but he actually likes me. <laughs> that he he's he's aware of my my very being everything about me and in that place I become aware of if you like his glory I become aware of his immovable nature that he's so much more that you know literally is my dad <laughs> you know he is my heavenly father and there's nothing to be afraid of in this place he's greater than all my problems all my needs and my heart finds a place of calm and perhaps even more important than that is that it's no longer all about me because I get caught up in if you like, what's on his heart, what's on his priorities. You know, well, there's that sense of getting a bigger picture because I'm in the presence of the God of the whole earth. So when David says, you've said, seek my face, and my heart says to you, your face, O Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. David's there's an intentionality there in David to press into the truth of who God is. And when you press into the truth of God, then actually it deals with the battles that are going on in your head. The battles that say, you know what, he's not really that interested in me, I'm just one in several billion and I'm just one person on this earth and he doesn't know who I am. It battles against the things that says, you know what, he's angry. He's angry with me because I failed, I messed up. There are times, of course there are times when I come to Father God and say, I messed up there, didn't I? And he says, yeah. But when Father God says that, it's always rest, it always brings, it, it's restorative, that's the word I'm looking for. When Father God, when you come to Father God and say, you know what, I messed up, and he says, yeah. He's calling 
me is calling us back into relationship. It's restorative. It's not, well, you're going to have to sit on the bottom step, aren't you? So you can learn to behave. And yet in our heart, we put all those things upon us. The enemy does that. We don't, but we do it ourselves. We don't need the enemy sometimes to do it. Um, it changes the way we think about ourselves just being in his presence. I want to talk about what I call the disciples' prayer. Jesus gave his disciples a prayer model and I think we all know that he doesn't expect us to repeat it exactly. It's, it's kind of like a structure. It doesn't have to be the same structure every time either. It doesn't have to include every element. Sometimes there may be other things to add in. Sometimes, you know, it's kind of like a serving suggestion. If I can, if I can use that analogy. But when is when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he, he taught them to start, Father. Prayer starts with relationship and it starts with identity. By saying, Father, we are identifying ourselves as his children. And we're identifying him as somebody who has a responsibility and an interest in our lives. In giving our lives to Christ, we are adopted into the family of God. And yes, we get disciplined. <laughs> that happens. But we are in his care. And more than that, Father God, as we know, is a good father. Many of us have experienced a poor role model in fatherhood, either, either through abuse or through neglect. But God is a good father. And he's become our heavenly father. So when Jesus says, this is how you pray, pray, our father in heaven. Our father in heaven. This is relationship. Very strange things go on. That's a power output on that module. It's not a power input. So there's no point in putting power in it. Just, just heads up. <laughs> um, our Father in heaven. Jesus prayed, Father in heaven. So I connect with my Father God. And I begin to understand how he sees me. And it actually doesn't matter how other people assess me. Because as I seek his face, his presence... There's this non-verbal communication taking place. And it's a place that I am at peace. A place where I'm at rest in him. He actually likes me. He wants to spend time with me. Yes, sometimes, as I said, I, I mess up. But he brings me back into relationship. And I need to press further into that place of his presence. David was very good at that. We read, we see it in the Psalms, how he, he, he was pressing in to God. 
You know, I'd rather be, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in your house. <laughs> there was this hunger, there was this fire within him that wanted just to be in the presence of God. And as I press into him, like so many of the ancients, I, I think of Jeremiah as well, who, who wrote Lamentations, and he wrote this appalling, um, well, this, this cry from his heart, living in a city that was under siege, where actually they were resorting to cannibalism and all sorts of other things. And he's living in this city that's, that's a dying city. He can't get out. And he, write, he writes this heart-wrenching cry. But in the middle of it, he says, Yet I remember your mercies are new every morning. Jeremiah had made a habit every morning of saying, you know what, Father God, well, he probably didn't call him Father, but he called him God, and he, he said, yeah, every morning I'll remember, I'll, I'll, I'll recall the things that you've done for us, and I will recall that you're bigger than this situation, that this situation I'm living in at this moment is not what, who you are. And there's something bigger, there's something better. And he was in the habit of doing that. So when he was in that situation, he was already in the habit of doing that. And it strengthened him in the moment. Jesus prays, hallowed be your name. God's name speaks of his nature. It's holy. He's all-powerful. He's a provider. He's faithful and true. He is the creator. He is the sustainer. Jesus is our saviour, our redeemer, the exalted one, the names of God. There's so many of them. As we set our minds on God, we magnify him in our hearts. It's not that he's so small we need a magnifying glass, but what our hearts do is it our hearts build other things to be more to be bigger than God? The the situations that we're facing, the the struggle I'm having between two friends, become kind of like something that just fills your head all the time, and you think, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. I don't know how we're going to find a way through here. But we need to set our minds and our hearts and our eyes on God and magnify him, to bring him back to the place where he belongs, that he is bigger than all of these situations. He has answers to every world problem. There is nothing that he cannot deal with. And he's looking for people that will connect with him and bring those answers to this earth. And as I set my focus on him, I realised that all the resources of heaven are made available to bring transformation on this earth. That's the journey here. So he says, our Father in heaven, 
as he looks at Father and he glorifies Father and says, you know what? You are the God of heaven and earth. Everything's in you. And every resource, absolutely, every resource that we need for the kingdom of God is there. So as we are aware of the resources in heaven, this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven, takes, takes shape. It takes, it, it, it's no longer just a kind of, um, I hope so, but it, it's actually a realisation that there are resources in heaven. There's truth in heaven that needs to be released on this earth. You know, there's little truth and there's big truth. And heaven has big truth. Little truth is what the doctor tells you when he tells you your diagnosis. It's truth, but it's little truth. Because there's a bigger truth that says, you know what, that does not exist in heaven. And there are resources. There is what we need to bring what's in heaven on earth. So... You see, I can see the mountains that I face. I can see all that a friend or a neighbour faces. And a cry, there's a cry within that comes from heaven itself. Lord, your kingdom come and destroy, sorry, yeah, destroy the works of the evil one. Come bring healing, bring restoration, bring hope, bring power. Break the power of poverty. Break the power of homelessness. Break the selfishness that brings so much pain. That heaven is coming. Father, I see that in your kingdom there is enough for all. And that leads us to the next thing, because if we know there's enough for all, then we can pray, give us this day our daily bread. Everything that we need, there is a resource for in heaven. And we can call out to Father God, knowing that he knows what we need. And all we have to do is ask. If we need it, he will provide it. Yes, and there are times I've messed up. Doing what I shouldn't have done or not doing what I should have done. And I pray, I become aware in the presence of God that there are things that I just need to put right with him and say, forgive me. Forgive me as I forgive those and release those who've hurt me. And Lord, I need to press on. I need to get on with this day and go and do what I need to do. So I pray, Father, that you would guard me, you would protect me and my loved ones from the evil that prowls around. Do you see how it all follows and it starts in that place of seeking the face of God. It starts in the place of presence. And then the faith that comes to make it work. To kind of 
faith faith is a very faith is a very multi-layered word and it speaks of being of Christian faith of belief in power and prayer and of ministry and authority three weeks ago I spoke about authority and particularly around the areas of healings and miracles we get an insight into that authority in Jesus Jesus flowed in authority if you like in Matthew 8 um, we read the story of a, a centurion a Roman not even a, a Jew and he has this understanding of Jesus um, where he sees that in Jesus authority is the source of his power that Jesus is a man under authority and as being a man under authority carries carries the weight if you like of that authority it's a bit like um, if you're driving along and suddenly there's a car with blue lights behind you you stop not because you're terrified of the amazing power of blue lights but you stop because those blue lights symbolise an authority that the person in that car is carrying being under authority so that, that policeman or policewoman is, is, carries the authority if you like of the law of the land and that police, that police person <laughs> is carrying out the orders of his superiors or her superiors um, and ultimately um, that authority flows itself from government who appoints or who kind of has, has created the police force to maintain law and order in the land so the authority flows all the way from from the government Jesus references the, the centurion's faith and says I've never seen such faith or I've never encountered such strong faith in Israel and the point Jesus is making is that knowing who we are sons and daughters of the God of heaven and earth being in right relationship with God means we carry immense authority we carry the authority of God we are his children and just as um, when when Father God spoke over Jesus at, at his baptism and says this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased and those were the traditional words spoken over a son as I said before in a marketplace when a son came to a certain place of maturity or age usually around 30 when Jesus, what was the age Jesus was they entered into partnership with the, with the father and the father would speak these words over a son in the marketplace but publicly for people to hear so then they knew that when they dealt with the son they dealt with the father that the son carried the authority to do business on behalf of the father and if you mess with the son you mess with the father 
I'd love to hear Father God speak that over me. <laughs> but, but there's a sense in which already we're adopted into his family. We carry authority. And Jesus speaks of how, uh, or actually the, the, the Gospel writer speaks of how Jesus grew in favour with both God and man. And that was the age of 12. So he was growing up in this place of favour. It was a place of carrying more authority. So we grow in favour, and we've talked about that before, and how that, you know, what that means um, in terms of handling what we've already got well. Um, but there's authority that we carry um, as, his, as his children. I just want to jump um, to a passage in John 5 um, and then try and wrap it up. Um, I probably miss... Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus says, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so you may marvel. Jesus under authority. Jesus doing the work of the Father. And a few verses later we get kind of something similar. He says, I can do nothing of my own. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but he who sent me. And Jesus then through this passage builds an argument for his own ministry. And he's kind of in this dispute about his authenticity with some of the um, spiritual leaders in this passage. And he says, um, starting from verse 44, he says, How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Jesus asks, a penetrating question. I don't know if you've sort of stopped at this verse before and said, what's going on here? What's he saying? Um, But the inference is that you can't have faith if your behaviour is shaped by pleasing other people. If, If your heart is that you want other people to honour you, then you can't have faith. That's the inference here. But rather, he says, seek the glory that comes from the only God. If we jump back to where we started in seeking the face of God, pressing into his presence, we become aware of the way Father God sees us. We become aware of his delight in us, of his love for us. The scripture actually is very big on seeking understanding. Proverbs is full of it. You know, seek understanding or seek, uh, you know, seek wisdom. Um, there's a lot in scripture about, about pressing into understanding. But with all that, and, and you know, his presence brings us understanding. 
and my looking for God's heart in my life I start to see my circumstances differently I start to see that I'm part of something much bigger I start to see that Father God is with me and there's joy and there's hope for the future there's purpose I see solutions where I couldn't see a solution before because I get a wisdom from God I get an understanding from God and even sometimes the shadow that looked like a mountain I see is just actually it's just a shadow it's not a mountain at all yet in all understanding there is always mystery there's things we just don't understand and that will always be the case otherwise we'll be like God there will always be things that we just got to put on the shelf and say okay I don't understand I don't understand why my friend Martin died and yet other people have been healed of cancer I don't understand it's a mystery to me but I have to put it on the shelf I can't <laughs> somebody's waiting for their dinner um, I can't I can't allow those things to become so big in my head and my heart that I actually stopped seeing God as he really is and seeing who I am in him and it's in, actually often in the place of mystery that faith really gets exercised it's where we have to lean on faith faith is, see, is not what's seen but what's unseen it's, it's trusting in a place that's difficult and that, yes we, have, we build up a, a history of the faithfulness of God and that helps us keep pressing on but faith comes from his presence pressing into him and that's why Jesus says if you're looking for glory from men you can't have faith see the praise of men is nice it's great to be that was a really good sermon I mean it's nice but actually faith comes from knowing that Father God says to me you know you did alright this morning you did alright so thank you God thank you because that's what I want I want to know that Father God is with me and it's that faith that then transforms our lives as we put our faith in him then our lives are transformed I was listening to a a prophecy that somebody gave to me some time ago um, last night and it just talked about there is joy coming and just hearing that just made me feel joyful <laughs> that there's joy coming okay it's a hard place but there's joy coming and Jesus had that sense over his life didn't he where he says for the joy set before him he endured the cross and, and it's that knowledge of God has has something wonderful for us for the future 
that keeps us pressing through the hard times, that keeps us setting our face towards God and saying, okay, Father God, I'm finding this really hard, but what have you got for me today? What do you want me to do today? What, who do you want me to speak to today? How, how do you want me to live your kingdom today in this difficulty, in this struggle? Father God, may we know more of your presence as we seek your face. I pray that we might have our thoughts renewed so that we can understand how truly you see us through the forgiveness, through the healing of the cross. May we have a revelation of your love for us as we seek you. May we know that desire that you have to communicate with us, to give us a fresh hope and a purpose for the future. For us and for our families, this community here, Lord, grant us, I pray, an ability to walk through the mystery what we don't know with faith as we search out understanding in the things that you reveal Father I pray that we might always come before you with acclamation with our worship before you and help us Father as we press into that place to connect it's not it's not look for affirmation from those around us but to know that we're loved by you and that you say well done well done we want to look for your affirmation Father God knowing that you have my our very best in your heart in Jesus powerful name Amen